You're listening to Red Leg Nation Radio, the official podcast of RedLegNation.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Red Leg Nation Radio podcast. I'm Chad Dotson. Uh, he's Bill Lack with me again today. We're editors at RedLegNation.com, and we're here to talk about these uh, first-place Cincinnati Reds. How you doing today, Bill? I'm doing well. I, I, I'm limping into the home stretch, kind of like the Reds are. <laughs> limping is a pretty good description of what's been going on. It's been a, a rough go of it here the last uh, few weeks, and we'll get into that a little bit. Um, but I think the best place to start, really, is no one is limping into the uh, the playoffs, I guess, and limping down to this home stretch more than our buddy Brandon Phillips. And the last time we were on here talking, you had some strong words for Mr. Phillips. Uh, after the the whole mess with St. Louis and all that, of course, when they went out to San Francisco on that big West Coast trip, he got hit in the hand with a pitch. And the numbers are amazing since he came back. He took a few days off there. He's played 19 games since coming back from that uh, hand injury. I don't think he's back from it, but since starting, he began playing again. He's batting 132, on-base percentage 203, slugging percentage 147. That's a robust OPS of 350, if you're counting. Uh, nine hits and 74 plate appearances, no homers. Just uh, either he's still hurting from that hand, or he's in the worst slump of his career. Uh, two questions: What do you think about Brandon Phillips? Uh, you know, and this this whole situation. And, and number two, why doesn't Dusty Baker give him a day off? Well, and I think even more than that, the question is why was it Baker in such a big hurry to put him back in the lineup? Uh, Chris Valleca was doing an outstanding job at second base. Now he, he you know, I mean, he, he no, he's no Brandon Phillips defensively. But there are very few of them out there. But but Chris was hitting well. He was, he was sparking the offense a little bit, playing very well. I, I don't understand what the hurry was to get Brandon back in the lineup. And the team was winning. Uh, now they went out to San Francisco and kind of blew chunks, but they were scoring some runs. Uh, but, you know, this team is not going to go anywhere in the playoffs with Brandon Phillips with a three, hitting three, you know, an OPS of three fifty. No question about it, and you know there's a couple things there that uh, you just mentioned. Chris Vileka played very well in his absence. Uh, you know I've got issues with Vileka. He doesn't uh, take a pitch ever, or at least he hasn't since he came to the majors. He, he showed a lot more plate discipline in the minors, um, but he was he was playing well. He was playing fine. The Reds were scoring runs. There was no issue with Vileka while he was here. He was playing fine in the field. Obviously not as good as Brandon Phillips, as you said, but nobody's as good as Brandon Phillips. Uh, I think a couple things go into that. Clearly, Dusty Baker. You know, we've we've been we've heard all the everybody wants to talk about how he's a player's manager and uh, all that. And, and to me, it's clearly that's the reason why. If Brandon Phillips is hurting, uh, why he rushed him back? Brandon Phillips wanted to come back, is my guess. Brandon Phillips wanted to help this team as they tried to clinch. And uh, you know, Dusty Baker's trying to weigh well. You know, how much do we uh, take Brandon's uh, feelings into consideration? I guess, and weigh that against you know what. What's the best for this team right now? Frankly, there's no question but that Brandon Phillips has not only hurt this team, but hurt, hurt this team substantially over the last three weeks. Uh, he's been leading off uh, most of that time. Cannot get on base. He's just, it's it's bad. And, and I like Brandon. I've come around become a Brandon Phillips fan this year. But he's killing the team right now. And they have an option, uh, for the short term anyway, in Vallejo, who could at least hold the position down um, in the meantime. I just don't understand why, if he's still hurting, why he's playing so much, 
And if he's not hurting, then we're in trouble because I've never seen him play this bad, this poorly. And it, and and it's not just uh, that he's not swinging the bat well. It's that it seems like it's gotten into his head because his his pitch selection at the plate has been horrible. I mean, he's swinging at anything that he thinks he can reach with the bat. You know, even more than normal. You know, and, and why he's in, you know, I, I agree with you that part of the reason he's in there is because he's, you know, the player's manager thing. But it keeps, it, it makes me laugh, but it goes back to what Chris Welsh said when we talked to him a couple of weeks ago. Dusty is into this karma thing, and, and Phillips got him where they're going, where they are, you know, where they are now, just like Gomes and, and Cabrera. So he thinks, you know, that'll bring him good karma. If, you know, when Chris said karma, I almost laughed out loud. I, you know, what have you done for me lately is the way, you know, the way I look at it. But Dusty doesn't have a whole, you know, if you read the papers, Dusty doesn't have a whole lot of re- respect for anybody that has a nerve to second guess him. So, yeah. Uh, I guess we'll never really know why he's in the. Probably not, but uh, although Brandon Phillips did say himself that his, his hand's just now starting to get the point where the swelling's down. So, I mean, he's her. But you're right. I, I think uh, you dance with who, who brung you. And I, I agree with that in some respects. But here we're trying to uh, fight for the, the playoffs here and to, and to win a pennant. And you're going to need Brandon Phillips, as you said earlier. You're going to have to have Brandon Phillips helping this team in October if they're going to have any chance of doing anything in the playoffs. So, you know, why not get him healthy now and have him ready for the, the real stretch run? I, I, just, I don't get it. I don't, uh, it doesn't make any sense. You're right. One place he had actually improved this year, Brandon, was his play discipline. Somewhat anyway, his pitch selection, he'd been much better than he had been in, uh, in past years with that. And here lately, that's just completely uh, gone out the window. And so he's pressing. Uh, he feels like he needs to be helping this team. Uh, you know, the, the team's not playing well, and so he feels he's got to do more, I guess. It's an ugly situation all the way around, and I don't see any way uh, around it other than uh, if, if that hand still bothered him, sit him down until it's not bothering him so that we have a healthy Brandon Phillips for, uh, for when we really need him. What about Scott Rowland? That's another guy that... Yeah, it'll uh, be interesting to see what, what... Well, go ahead. It'll be interesting to see what Baker does when they clinch. You know, how much time he gives these guys off. And you just started to bring up uh, Scott Rowland. And the uh, you know the fact is, Scott's been pretty terrible since the... Since the well, he played all right in July, but August and September, he's been horrible. Uh He's completely lost his power. I mean, he, he had 17 home runs before the All Star break. He's hit two since then. Uh, he's got 20. He's got you know 23 RBIs in the second half. He had 57 in the first half. 18 walks. He had 30 in the first half. Uh, and you know, uh, but he's another guy. You know, he, let's hope that he just you know is hurting a little bit and is wore down a little bit. And a couple days off. We'll help him out because if Scott Rowland's gone off the cliff, we're stuck. Remember, we're stuck with him for two more years. Uh, but it will be interesting to see what Baker decides to do after the Reds clinch in terms of, of how much playing time some of these guys are going to get in the last couple of weeks of the season. It is going to be interesting because they're gonna, uh, Dusty Baker's going to have to weigh playing these guys uh, or getting them rest, I guess, for the for the playoffs. Got to weigh that against. The fact that the Reds are, you know, fighting for a, a spot in the playoffs in terms of a seating, you know, where, where they're going to be, uh, who, are they going to host uh, the first round home field? Is it, you know, uh, there are all those things that are going to go into it, and and you know, I don't, I don't know where to come down on that, frankly, and that's why Dusty's paid the big bucks, I guess. But uh, just to talk about rolling for a second, you know, the last uh, two weeks, uh, 
his OPS is 604. You know, he's not had a, he's had one home run in the last, uh, gosh, I don't know, month and a half. Uh, just, I, I think probably it's a, a matter of him rebounding to where he, you know, it's probably his natural level, I guess, at his age and, and ability. His overall numbers in the second half are reasonable. They're not bad, a decent on base percentage and, and OPS, but, uh, the power just went out the tank. Uh, somewhere. I don't know where that came from in the first half. So that maybe that was a little fluky, but uh, those are two guys that, you know, I don't know if the answer is going to be resting either one of them, but if that is, is the answer, you know, we need them, we're going to need them a lot more here in about three weeks than we are now. So, uh, but again, I, I don't see Dusty resting Roland any more than he's rested him all throughout the season, you know, on the uh, occasional day game after a night game and things like that and, and every Sunday. But, uh, there's, there's some questions that got to be answered about this team. They're, they're playing poorly, and, and they're going to have to write the ship at some point. Yeah, it's funny. You were talking about you know Scott Sunday's off, and my wife and I were talking yesterday. And why anybody would ever pet, buy a ticket to a Red Sunday game is beyond me, because you might as well go to Louisville. You're going to see a better product. I know, and that's been going on all season long. And, and for most of the season, they've had a tough time putting, yeah. putting runs on the board on Sundays. But, um. You know, this sort of leads us into the fact that really for the last uh, couple weeks, the Reds have played just about as poorly and, and, and sloppy as they've played all season long. Some of it's going to be the injury. Some of it's going to be the some of the guys maybe running down a little bit. I don't know. Uh, but the team has not been able to score. Uh, Johnny Gomes hasn't hit a cutoff man in about seven weeks, we determined. Uh, what's, what, you, any explanation for why they're playing so poorly, and is it something we should be concerned about? I've got my own answer in a moment, but I'll see what you think. Well, I think it's definitely something you want to be concerned about. I think it's a, I would tend to attribute it to two things. One is the end of the season. A lot of these, you know, the, 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 a lot of the guys are older guys that may be wearing down, and the younger guys aren't used to playing this many games. Uh, so, you know, both those may be a factor. The other thing is, is the pressure of the situation may be starting to get to some of these guys, too, and making them get sloppy and trying too hard, playing tight, yada, yada, yada. Those are the only two things I could think of why this team would be playing different than they – I mean, there's always going to be ups and downs over the course of a season. But you sure don't want to go into the playoffs, you know, on a downward trend. Now, you know, it's happened before and teams have come out of it and, and played very well in the playoffs. But I'd sure rather, rather be going and playing well than going in playing badly. Yeah, no doubt. And the Reds have plenty of time to – sort of right the ship here before the playoffs start, but there's no question they're playing poorly. One of those teams that played uh, sort of poorly in September was uh, the 1990 Reds. They really, everybody accused them of backing into the playoffs, and I, you know, I don't know if a lot of people had a whole lot of high hopes. I'm not suggesting this team is uh, the same as that 1990 Reds team that they're going to go through and uh, win, in, win the World Series, but it's not unprecedented for a team to play well after not uh, playing well in September. Uh one thing about it is the pitching's really not been in this little rough streak. The starting pitching, anyway, has really not been bad at all. As a matter of fact, there are several guys have pitched very well. You just no offense, and the bullpen keeps blowing uh, game after game after game. Uh, the answer to the offense, I don't know. You got to get Brandon Phillips and Scott Rowland playing playing better. You got Jay Bruce finally back in the lineup, and so that that's helped some. Uh, he came back with a with a bang, and I think that really hurt them more than anybody realized. Uh, just as Bruce was getting hot, he went out with that oblique injury. He's back. Uh, so, you know, the offense, I can see a scenario where the offense comes around and, and they're going to be okay. At least I want to be optimistic and think that. Uh, the bullpen, you know, well, let's talk about our buddy uh, 
Francisco Cordero. Uh, every time he comes in a game these days, seems like he's he's blowing blowing the game uh, during this rough stretch anyway. What are your thoughts on? And, and Dusty said he's he's my closer for now. He's he's the guy, and and I, that's exactly what I expected Dusty to say. But what's your opinion on this uh, Coco Cordero situation? Should the Reds do anything, and and if so, what? If Rhodes was healthy, I think it'd be an easy question to answer. I'd have no problems going to Arthur Rhodes to close games if he were healthy, uh, but he's not. Do I want to hand the ball to to Araldus Chapman? And you know, it's a, I'm not saying I'd never use him to close a game, but I'm not sure I would put the pressure on him by anointing him the closer. Uh, they say Massett's got those you know those kind of you know that kind of stuff to close games. You know, I, I'm not sure we need a designated closer, but I'll tell you what, it's tough to run Cordero out there when he's on one of these downward spirals. You know, and, and everybody, you know, starts doing Hail Marys the minute he hits the mound. Yeah, it's bad. And, you know, the way you put it is probably a good way to to address this. You know, if you're running this team, you may not want to come out and, and issue a press release or talk to you know, John Fay or Mark Sheldon and say, hey, here's our new closer, Araldus Chapman or Nick Massett or whomever. Personally, I think the Reds should uh, use uh, Chapman primarily as their closer from this point. He's He's got better stuff than anybody in that uh, bullpen, and, and he's the guy – that I would trust. But you're right. What's the point in coming out and, and actually saying, hey, you're the closer? But Dusty's going to have to be willing to use either he or Massett or, like you said, if Rhodes were healthy and he's not, um, I'd, I'd love seeing Rhodes out there just because he's a, he's, a, he's a tough guy, you know. I, don't, I trust him. But um, I, I just don't see Dusty doing that, you know. It's another situation where, you know, Coco has been pretty good the last couple of years. This year he's been up and down, but – he has, uh, frankly, out of the, the guys we're talking about, those four names we just uh, talked about, including him, at the end of the, end of the bullpen, his numbers on the season are by far the worst. Uh, his, his, his whip, his walks plus hits uh, per innings pitch is, is terrible. It's, a, it's the worst in the bullpen. Um, and so it's a situation where, uh, you know, the, the Reds, I guess that maybe they do have a little bit of a cushion here. Uh, they can afford to, to fool around with Cordero a little bit, but uh, it scares me to death the thought of, Cordero being the, the closer once the playoffs get here. The way I look at it is, two years ago, David Price was the same age as Chapman. He uh, closed out games for the Rays. They made it all the way to the World Series. I just don't see any reason why you can't use Chapman in those situations, given the fact that he's got the best stuff of anybody in that pen. Yeah, I'm not sure that the David Price comparison is fair, though. I mean, he had how many years in American organized ball? You know, Chapman's a year in, he's only been a reliever for, what, eight weeks, nine weeks? You know, and I know Price was a starter, but I'm not sure it's a completely legitimate comparison. And and I really think we're railing at the wind here because it don't matter. When they get to the ninth inning and it's time to close a ball game, it's going to be Cordero. Well, you're right about that, and it is a moot point. There's no question in my mind that Cordero's going to be the guy that Dusty calls on, but I think the flip side of that coin uh, in terms of Chapman and Price, you know, Chapman has been through an awful lot for a guy his age. Uh, he has been, you t- I mean, you talk about pressure, uh, the pressure that guy's pitched under, uh, you know, and, and coming from Cuba and leaving his family behind. Frankly, I don't worry about the, the pressure of a, a baseball game getting to him in the ninth inning. 
Uh, what I worry about is whether his uh, command's going to leave him because you never know when that's going to happen. It's been pretty good for the most part since he's been in the majors, but obviously that's, that happens sometimes with him. His, his control uh, gets away from him a little bit occasionally. But, but you're right. When it comes down to it, Cordero, unless Cordero in these last uh, three weeks ends up, you know, doing just uh, mark or keeps doing as badly as he has been or even worse, I don't think there's any chance that once October rolls around that Dusty will rely on someone else. Cordero is really going to have to, uh, really going to have to, I guess, blow, uh, blow his chance uh, at keeping that job uh, in, in a serious way because he's going to have to do something substantially uh, worse than what he's done for Dusty to make that move. So um, you're right. You're right about that, but. I just feel like the Reds would be a better team if they consider using either Chapman or Massett near the ends of ball games. Um, but there's a number of ways that the Reds could be made a better ball a belt ball club. I mean, if you know if Cabrera didn't play as much, a little bit more playing time, you know, if, if if we saw you know a little less of Gomes and maybe a little more Heisey or whoever in the outfield, you know, th- there's a lot of ways that we think that this team could be better. And, but you know, I guess that's what blogs are for. But we both know it isn't going to happen. Yeah, and and we've. We've sort of complained a little bit about some things here today and the, discussed how bad the Reds have been playing and certain players, but we do have to look at it here. We're, you know, sitting in the middle of, uh, of the second half of September, you know, and uh, almost uh, 10 days away from October, and, and we're looking at the Reds being first place still, a substantial lead. Uh, as we're talking here, it's before the Reds game on Monday night. We'll just go ahead and say the Cardinals have already lost, so the magic number seven. Uh, the Reds got a chance to cut that to six tonight and increase their lead up to seven games. I mean, uh, what a season, and, and, you know, really, they're playing poorly right now. They've had some poor spots during the season, but can you believe that we're actually talking about what do the Reds need to do to, to get better for the playoffs and to get things right for the for the playoffs? It, it's still, when I stop to think about the fact that we're actually discussing that, it still kind of blows my mind. Oh, yeah, I mean, let's be honest. We've had a hell of a lot more highlights than we have had lowlights this year. And, and if we'd have sat down when we talked in, in spring training, if we'd have said, well, here we are on September the uh, whatever it is, the 21st, and and the Reds are going to have a seven-game lead, but they're going to be in, a, in the midst of a couple of weeks where they played pretty poorly, would you take that? I think you and I both would have said, uh, yeah. No question. So, you know, and I think Chris Walsh has said it on the TV broadcast, this team is really a year ahead of schedule. And let's hope that that's the case and that next year is even more fun than this year. Right. There are some things that need to be corrected. There's some things that we feel like Dusty could uh, could do to correct some things. But there's also some things that in the offseason they're going to have to address uh, to make this team even better. We're sort of on the uh, – one of the things that's frustrated me, I guess, is we're sort of on the, you know, the, the tip of this little iceberg, and we're hoping there's plenty of success to follow. But a lot of people are – I don't know, and maybe it's a function of – the Reds not having had any success in a long time and, and I guess wanting it all right now. But there's a lot of people that are, you know, well, actually complaining about, well, the Reds might lose in the first round of the playoffs. Well, I hope they don't. I hope they win the World Series. But, you know, if they do, it's been a it's been a great year. And, and, and you can see certain avenues that they could take in terms of improving this ball club where they really could be, uh, like Chris said, this could be the, the beginning of something special that they're, you know, a little bit ahead of schedule. And, and, uh, you know, if they fix left field, that's going to improve what's already been a pretty good offense this year immediately. Uh, if they can get somebody that's, uh, you know, slightly better than average, because Gomes, frankly, has been a below average left fielder out there this year. Uh, so, um, and of course, the shortstop situation, and they're just, there are things that uh, can be improved. So, um, I'm trying, and I've made a real effort, and, and, and some, 
people like to poke fun at me a little bit sometimes, and and sometimes it's hard to keep sort of believing in this team. But I've had I just had fun, and I'm, I'm trying to sort of stay positive because I, I just got to remind myself. Listen, like you said earlier, if you'd have told me before the season, I would have taken exactly this. So there's no use getting upset about it now. Uh, just to sort of enjoy the ride, and it, it's tough to do sometimes. But uh, but I'm trying. I'm trying, Bill. Well, the other thing I think we need to remember talking about being a year ahead of schedule, too, is let's also remember that our AAA team just won their division, and they weren't playing a whole lot of 4A players. They were playing young guys down there. And I think that says a lot about, you know, what we've got, you know, either in surplus that can be used for, for trading chips or that can come up here and help this team next year. Exactly. There's 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 pieces where if, if Jockey makes the right moves, you know, we're sitting pretty. I just... Um, not, I, I don't want to, you know, sometimes I guess we're, a lot of people, since the Reds have been playing poorly here, are ready to write the obituary and saying that they're not going to do anything this year. And I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because I'm still very hopeful about what the Reds can do in the, you know, in the right. playoffs, their short series, and, and, you know, anything can happen, as we've seen many times. Um, but also, you know, one of those times when you're feeling a little bit down, it, it, it's, it's easy to forget that you're right. Uh, they got some chips they can move to make this team better. Chief among those is, is Yonder Alonso, who, Frankly, I think it's looked pretty good in the in the few times he's had a chance to bat, with one or two notable exceptions since he got brought up to the majors. Uh, that Louisville team had a, ended up having a great year after starting off horribly. Some uh, pitchers, uh, you know, that the Reds might be able to move or can help the team next year. So uh, it's as good a time to be a Reds fan as it has been in, I'd say, 15 years. You know, since probably since the, the round 95, the last time they made the playoffs. Yep. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more. The other guy I would say that's a chip is, is, is since we were bringing him up is Francisco. And we both said that in the past. Um, the, the other guy that, that may be, it may be Yanish. Yeah. Uh, Baker doesn't blame. Uh, I don't think he's got a future on this team as long as Dusty Baker's here. Well, I don't think the Reds, as an organization, really value what they've got in Yanish. Uh, you know, it's a situation where he has some sort of high-profile uh, things that are wrong with his game. But on the whole, he's a guy that has it's elite defense, and he's a guy that can help a good ball club. Um, but you're right, Dusty doesn't want to play him, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's got to be some organization out there that that sees how Yanish uh, can have value to a to a good ball club. Yeah, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe the Reds can get something out of him. They're you know, Francisco. I hope. Uh, I'm just. I'm not. I'm not a fully paid member of the Juan Francisco fan club. I hope somebody out there is mesmerized by his power. Uh, maybe we can uh, fo- foist him off on the Red Sox like we did with Willie Mopena and uh, and get a pitcher who you know just finished up uh, a career high 16 win season. Uh, Bronson Arroyo. I want to talk about him for just a moment. His sixth straight season of at least 200 wins. Um, they've gotten everything they could have bargained for out of uh, Bronson Arroyo and more. And that leads into our sort of the next thing I wanted to talk about, playoff rotation. Uh, obviously, Bronson Roy is going to be in that rotation. We'll talk about where he should be. But uh, have you given some thought on what the Reds need to do in terms of that playoff rotation? There's several guys that are sort of fighting for uh, for a spot in that rotation. What do you do if you're if you're managing this team? Well, I think the th- I think the first three spots are are, are rock solid. I, I think Arroyo throws the first game, and Chris Welsh and I talked about this, and we both kind of agreed. Uh, Cueto throws a second game and Wood throws a third game. And when they come back, you know, for a fourth starter, you know, John Faye seems to believe Volquez has got, you know, has got the inside track because he's got such good stuff. 
But I, I don't think that's a shoe in at this point. I think Homer Bailey's still got a chance to take that, this, to, you know, to swoop in and get that last spot. Uh, I, I think Homer's biggest problem is Homer. Uh, I think he's got all the talent in the world, but I think he needs to convince himself sometimes that being the macho Texas cowboy guy isn't always the best thing for the ball club. I think last week was, you know, his last start was a prime indication. You could tell, I mean, they knew going out there that he wasn't right. And, and maybe the manager needs to step up or the, or the pitching coach and, you know, and make it clear that, you know, if you're not right, you let us know. And nobody's going to think any less of you. Because I just get the impression, and this is just me, and I don't know Homer Bailey from a man in the moon. But I just get the impression Homer feels like he has to take the ball and go out there or else he's not doing his job. And there are times when that's just not the case. I think you're right that it's pr- between uh, Homer and Edinson. I think you're right that maybe Faye has uh, jumped the gun on proclaiming Volquez as uh, as probably in that postseason rotation. I think I don't. I think it's way too soon to make that determination. There are a lot of games left. Uh, those, the Leach uh, make a couple more starts at least um, the re- rest of the way, two or three more starts. Um, and so I don't think that's clear at all. I think you're right about the first three and. Uh, and that's the that's the order I would put them in actually as well. Uh, Arroyo I would have in game one, Cueto, and then Travis Wood. And 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 who knew, you know, even four months ago that uh, we Travis Wood would be a lot for the postseason rotation. But he's the only lefty they've got there in uh, out of the starters, and he's just been great. He's just pitched very well um, since he came up. And especially if the Reds are playing somebody like the Phillies, who have a lot of left-handed bats, Travis Wood's going to be uh, going to be key. Uh, I'm not. I'm not willing to go on on the record with either Bailey or Volquez, but I think either one of those are uh, going to be the starter. I, you know, it'll depend I, largely on what they do. I don't uh, the rest of the way. What kind of bothers me? I don't know that it bothers me. I'm, that's probably overselling a little bit, but um, I hate the fact. I guess uh, is the way to put it that uh, Mike Leak is probably not going to make the postseason roster, and. Uh, you know, he for a guy that uh, contributed an awful lot to this team, and, and a guy that really for a while was the only starting pitcher that was uh, reliable there for the first couple months. Um, I hate the fact that he may not get an opportunity. Maybe they'll put him in as the long man in the in the bullpen, but I don't see how. I don't, you know, unless you're going to leave Logan Andrusik off the um, off the uh, roster. I would think that Homer Bailey or Edinson Volquez, whichever one of those guys is that make the rotation, is probably your long man in the pen. So. Um, I don't know. Just kind of disappoints me that Leak may not get an opportunity to be on that postseason roster after all he's done for this team this year. Yeah, but he—I mean—he's got a long career ahead of him, God willing. And, and, and you know, he just kind of ran out of gas, uh, and it's not his fault. I mean, he did everything again. Talk about a guy that did everything and more that the Reds could ever ask of him. But you know, they're just—he's not even thrown off the mound yet. He just started long tossing again the other. Last week, at least as far as I've heard, he, has, he hasn't got thrown off the mound yet. So, I mean, I don't think there's much of a chance that he's going to be on the playoff roster. I'll tell you a guy that, that I think is a long shot to make the playoff roster that's pitched very, very well. Actually, two guys. Because Jordan Smith has pitched very, very well. And the other guy that's pitched well when he's been asked is Sam LeCure, especially in relief. Now, he's, you know, in relief, he's pitched as a, long, as a long guy, and you hope you don't need a long guy in the bullpen. But, boy, I'll tell you what, my hat's off to the job he's come in and done in long relief when, in these games where, you know, somebody just doesn't have it that night, and he comes in and gives you two, three innings of, of shutout baseball, and, and he's done more than once. And I, I've been very impressed with this young man. 
You're right on both those guys. Uh, you know, you and I on one of these podcasts sort of poked fun a little bit. I don't know if we poked fun, but we expressed a little bit of surprise that the Reds called up Jordan Smith from Double A when they needed somebody. Uh, but you can't, you can't. Uh, the Reds knew what they were doing. You got to say it because Jordan Smith has been outstanding since the uh, first day he he showed up uh, in Cincinnati. Uh, and he's, I, I don't see any way they can squeeze him on the uh, on the postseason roster now that Chapman's here. Uh, I just. That uh, takes another spot. Andrusik's been pitching so well you know, in terms of a right-hander out of the pen. Massett's been pitching well. There's just no room for Smith. And it, that, that's another one that probably deserves to be on it based on the way he's pitched, but probably going to get squeezed out. Your other guy, Sam LeCure, I could not agree more. Uh, you know, I've never been uh, – I never really thought LeCure had a, a whole lot of upside, frankly. But he's come up here and been sort of a calming influence when they needed, they needed him in the long relief role. Uh, he's been when in the times you've had to do spot starts, uh, and he's been you know adequate, uh, better than adequate. Uh, Lacure's been, I'm very very pleased with the job Sam Lacure's done, and he's had a big big hand in what the Reds have been able to accomplish this year. So you're right, that's another guy that you know I don't know if you if you want a long guy uh, in the bullpen, I guess it's probably be uh, Bailey or Volquez, like we said, but I don't know how you go wrong with Sam Lacure. He's just uh, he's been outstanding. A guy that's not going to make it. I don't think there's any question he's not going to make it. And again, it's a situation where, you know, some people, they let, people like to make fun of me. Uh, Chris Garber, one of our fellow editors, likes to make fun of me a little bit for being a sort of a too much of a, a gooey, uh, you know, Field of Dreams type fan, as I've often said. I hate the fact that Aaron Harang's not going to be on the postseason roster. Now, he doesn't deserve to with this team. There's no question. And if I were running the team, I wouldn't put him on the postseason roster. But for a guy that was the only horse this team had for so many years, you know, I, just sentimentally, it, it it bothers me that he's not going to get a chance to, to be in that group. But I, there's just no way you can have him on that roster. But I, you probably don't feel the same way. You're not as uh, as sentimental as I am about that. But I hate it. Well, he's, he's a victim of bad timing. I mean, he's, he's, he's the Mario Soto, so to speak, of, of, of this era. Uh, you know, Mario pitched on all those really awful teams and, and you know, was winning – 60% of the games that they won over the course of a year. And uh, and it's kind of the same thing with Harang. He, he, he was the best, by far the best pitcher on some really horrendous pitching staffs and on some really bad ball clubs. And now, you know, his string seems to have kind of run out as, as the team has finally turned the corner. And, and it is a shame. You do feel bad for the guy. And hopefully that the team will, you know, if, if, they, if they would – lucky enough or good enough to make the World Series, win a World Series, God knows. They'd remember who helped them get there and these guys like this, and they'd get a, a World Series share. And that money would help a little bit to get over the, the heartache. Yeah, and you would think it. You would think so. That's a great comparison, by the way, uh, Mario Soto. I was a big fan of Soto in the early 80s when they were losing 100 games, but uh, he, and he was the only bright spot on the, on the pitching rotation. Um, and so... Yeah, I mean, I would think that, and you never know whether they're going to they'd vote him a share or not. But you would think guys like Harang and and, and guys like Lacure and these guys that, and Leak obviously that, have, that helped him get there this year uh, as well. But that sort of goes on to a point that I was going to say: if the Reds were to end up winning a World Series here, hey, listen, Harang, uh, uh, he'll want, would have wanted to pitch in the in the big games in the in the World Series, things like that. Lacure and Mike Leak and all these guys. But you know what? They're going to get that ring. They'll have it forever, and uh, you know. Uh, you can't feel too sorry for those guys, especially these young guys that are going to have uh, other opportunities, you would hope. Uh, Harang, I, I don't know where he'll be next year, but uh, I don't know. That's just sort of the way I feel about Aaron Harang. I, I feel like, well, just like uh, Mario Soto. Uh, he never got to pitch on that. They started 
pitching or playing well sort of as, as he was going on his way out and those, that string of second place finishes. And then of course, 1990, they, they won and that was after his time. But, uh, let's see. Also in the bullpen, Cordero, Rhodes, Massett, uh, you know, uh, I, I guess Bill Bray could play himself out of a spot, but, uh, he's pitched fairly well in the last, uh, last week or so. Yeah, and, uh, Andrusic, you know, and I don't know what, I don't know what, I don't know what left-hander take his hand, you know, take his place. So, yeah, you gotta think they'll want those two left-handers, and uh, I think he'd have a real difference. As you can tell, our uh, our <laughs> audio is a little bit delayed. That's why Chad and I kind of keep talking over each other uh, at times. Uh, as I was saying, you know, I think Braid have a hard time, you know, talk playing his way out of the bullpen because they really don't have another choice for a left-hander. I don't think, you know, they aren't going to bring Danny Herrera up, and he's really the only other left-hander that I, I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that they're probably going to want to have those two left-handers for, you know, if you want to use them as a, a loogie, a lefty one-out guy, you know, in the, in the bullpen, probably going to want to do that if you need to get out a tough uh, left-handed bat. So Bray probably makes it unless he plays himself out of it somehow the last couple of weeks. Uh, and I, I think you got to think Andrusik is going to make it. He's He's been good. He's been uh, uh, he's been sort of a revelation, been a, really a, a good player uh, all season long. So uh, are there any – Spots, I guess, with the everyday players that uh, we need to look at for the postseason roster, and we'll, and we'll do another podcast. We'll really go sort of more in depth into this, but uh, really, probably only the only the outfield, and and that's been an issue for the last month, you know. And I'll never understand why the Reds, uh, why Walt Jockety, and I felt like he he sort of hung Dusty Baker out to dry on this. Uh, wanted to play with just three outfielders for you know, what two weeks or something while Jay Bruce was out and of course Edmonds was hurt and and Lance Nick still still hurt and even one day when Heisey uh, was hurt they were playing with two outfielders and played Cairo out there I, I I'll never as long as I live understand why the Reds thought that was a good idea uh, to do that in the middle in the middle of a pennant race and then about the time Bruce is ready to come back they trade for Willie Bloomquist, who, you know, he's Willie Bloomquist. He is what he is. He's not very good, but uh, he'll he'll try hard. Um, but they but they brought him in r- literally, you know, within a day or so of Jay Bruce being ready to play again. Uh, what's going on in that? Is there any rhyme or reason there? Can you figure out any reason why the Reds would have done that in the middle of a, a pennant race? No. The short answer is no. They did, you know, they had to make, they were going to have to make a 40-man move if they were making a trade, and, you know, there were all kinds of work, you know, rumors in the paper that they were looking around and yada, yada, yada. But why somebody like Frazier or Dorn or somebody in Louisville didn't come up, and we know that they were in the playoffs and yada, 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 but I can't believe that that was the reason. I can't believe that they were going to make the major league team suffer to, to help out the, the AAA team. Now, maybe they do. I, I, I don't know, but... Uh, there's there's no reason, there's no explanation, there's no logical piece of information that can make you understand what went on in that outfield situation. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever understand it. You know, you just mentioned the two guys that they had. They're not neither one was on the forty man roster in uh, Todd Frazier or Danny Dorn, but either one of those guys could have come up and, and in a pinch, uh, you know, in an emergency type situation, really. Those guys could have uh, performed. You would certainly better defensively than Miguel Cairo in the outfield, and both those guys can uh, can hit a little bit if you spot them in the right situations. I just it does it didn't make any sense to me then. Doesn't make any sense to me now. Uh, some people say, well, they weren't on the forty man roster, and, and no, they weren't. But you know, they had to make a forty man roster move to get Willie Bloomquist here anyway. 
would it have hurt them so much to, to have uh, designated Anario del Rosario uh, for assignment two weeks earlier and gotten Dorn or uh, Frazier up here? I, I can't see how it would. Um, and frankly, I think both those guys are probably better than uh, than Willie Bloomquist uh, with the bat. So um, I don't, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And, and, and But hopefully everybody's starting to get healthy. You know, Bruce is back now and swinging the bat well, and, and Jim Edmonds, uh, is back and he started a game or two and uh, starting in tonight and uh, you know whether whatever you think about Jim Edmonds and whatever you think about that trade for uh, with the Brewers then once the Reds gave up Chris Dickerson you know at least Edmonds is a warm body out there that's evidently healthy enough to play right now uh, defensively so they've they've got some guys now but I, gosh uh, you know that was the beginning of this sort of rough patch and uh, they willingly were playing shorthanded I've, I've sort of beat that horse to death and I'll drop it but I don't get it. Um, but you got to think uh, Bruce Edmonds, uh, Gomes, Heisey, and Stubbs are definitely in uh, for outfielders. Uh, Faye thinks Lance Nix is going to make it, but you know I don't. Lance Nix can barely run, and uh, you know he, he was activated, but he's not played yet. And I, if they've got all those guys, I'm not sure. Maybe to have another left-handed bat, uh, you know. But you're going to carry six outfielders. John Faye thinks so. You know, and, and in terms of backup infielders, he he suggests it's going to be Yanish, Cairo, and Francisco. I need to count up how many that is. That seems like there's too many guys there. I don't know. But uh, really, there's no uh, – we were talking about the rotation earlier. There's no big uh, controversies in terms of the, the fielders, I don't guess, uh, the everyday players uh, there, unless you can see one that I don't see. The only, the only thing is I think I would keep Yonder before I keep Francisco for the playoffs. Now, maybe they want the power bat rather than the, you know, than the all-around you know, hitter. But if it were me, I'd rather have the guy that can get me a base on balls and maybe hit a ball out of the ballpark over the guy that you couldn't walk him if you threw it in the stands. But if he gets the bat on it, it's going to go a long way, you know. Yeah, I don't think I'd have Francisco on this roster no matter but, what. I would I would keep Valleca before I'd keep Francisco, frankly. That just That's just me. Um, yeah, I would too, even though I don't think there's any chance they'll keep Valleca. No, I don't think there is either, but I'm saying if I were making out this uh, roster, I'm just not as high on Francisco as evidently somebody in the res organization is. I keep Vileki, you know, he can play three to four different positions, and uh, uh, he's not going to kill you with the bat as well. You're, you're okay to put him in there. Francisco, yeah, you may he may run into one and hit it 500 feet, uh, but mostly he just swings and uh, swings and misses, uh, as far as I can tell. Heck, you know, if Lance Nix is not 100% healthy in terms of his ankle, I'd keep Alonzo instead of Knicks. You know, you can go with five outfielders. There's nothing wrong with that. And 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 I I don't mind having Alonzo as a pinch hitter and, and a guy that can get on base a little bit, like you said. Um, and and he's left-handed. Uh, he's a left-handed bat. So I would. Uh, I'm like you. I'd consider keeping Yonder Alonzo on that postseason roster. What about Corky Miller? You want to keep Corky Miller? No. <laughs> well, go ahead. What else you got on your mind? Um. The other thing that's been interesting, and this has a lot to do with, with Knicks and, and with the injuries with it to Edmonds and Knicks, but you notice their first two left-handed bats lately have been Francisco and Yonder. Now, I don't know who else you know it could be, but I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it's a uh, tryout or just you know the fact that they don't have anybody else. Well, they've had uh, Knicks and Edmonds obviously been hurt lately, so you know that's that's one reason why. But even with Edmonds back, they've. They, uh, kind of gone to those two guys sort of primarily in, in tough pinch hitting spots. I don't know. I, you know, I don't know what to expect out of either of them. They're both rookies, uh, but this team's had a lot of uh, success with rookies this year. We had a lot of, a lot of contributions from, from some of those guys, certainly mostly in the, the rotation. So 
I don't know what they're thinking. All I know is that uh, it's fun to be talking about uh, and speculating about who's going to be on this playoff roster because it's you don't want to don't want to jinx anything, I guess. But it, it's looking like it's looking like it's right around the bend, um, and uh, I can't wait. That's a fact. We're going we're gonna to hopefully get that number down to six tonight. That's right. Maybe you know uh, who knows. Maybe on this road trip they're on, they can uh, clinch that thing and. Everyone can breathe a little bit of sigh of relief. Uh, what a fun season. Anything else you got for us, Bill? Nah, that's it. All right. Well, we didn't argue this time, and so that's exciting. Um, I hope you're not still holding a grudge on me for disagreeing with you um, last time. No, you've got, you've, got a, you've got a right to be wrong. <laughs> not only do I have a right, but I insist on it fairly often. Um, I appreciate everybody listening to us uh, here today. We've had a good time, and uh, this season they're playing kind of poorly now. But listen, guys, it's a it's a, been a fun season, and we're still ha- going to try to have fun with this. Uh, a lot of fun stuff left in this year. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention before we sign off here is we had some sort of exciting news in the last couple of weeks. Uh, Rob Nyer over at ESPN asked us to affiliate with his uh, Sweet Spot blog network over there. They got one uh, blog for each team, and we appreciated the uh, offer to become an ESPN affiliate. Um, means uh, you know very little in terms of what you're going to see at Red Lake Nation every day. Same stuff. There's no editorial control or no even input at all over that. Uh, we'll help them out a little bit with the, the power rankings, things like that. And there's a, a, a new bar across the top of Red Lake Nation. But uh, just sort of uh, really appreciate being recognized by by ESPN. Um, it's fun season. Got a lot, long way to go here. I hope a very long way to go. Stick with us during all that time. For Bill Lack, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone.